Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the year 2022 of our Lord, where the biggest bank robbers are no longer John Dillinger or Al Capone, but there are actually some kid hanging out in their basement, hacking a crypto exchange. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block uh, podcast here. Uh, it is We're recording today, Friday, Friday evening, uh, 9.20 p.m., uh, February 4th. So we made it to a new year. We made it through COVID. At least some of us have. Uh, We've made it through our parents kind of staying with us. And we're back to talk with you again. I'm joined um, by my good friend, Yidu. How are you doing today, my my good pal? I'm doing well, Fody. I'm just glad to be back for another edition of New Kids on the Block and discuss all things crypto with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, am. I mean, it's obviously like a good day to record. might not be a good day for like um, everyone um, who you know was shorting the market, but it's probably a good day for you know the permables, like you know I don't know you maybe um, or some. So no, I'm just kidding. But some of some of the other folks out there um, that you know we've kind of been waiting through like a weird period, and and well, what do you know? The traditional equity markets are back up again, mm-hmm. and. So is the crypto market. Your thoughts? Would you like to weigh in on this phenomena? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely an interesting phenomenon you just mentioned, right? Like uh, people keep talking about the the decoupling um, between the equity markets and traditional uh, and and the crypto markets. You know, partly because of the this this you know hedging concept of the crypto market, but um, I think in reality, what we're seeing is how things have been moving more or less, you know, in tandem, you know, for the past three or four weeks uh, between equity and crypto. So I haven't checked the the equity markets today, but um, um, at least, you know, for the last time when things were uh, moving down, uh, crypto got nuked and uh, I think NASDAQ got uh, turbo nuked. So it was definitely um, kind of a core, you know, same direction in terms of the movement. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a bit of a, a, a conundrum, you know, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think where we kind of find ourselves and, you know, two plus two sometimes equals five when we're talking about crypto. But um, when you look at, uh, you know, the, you know, cryptocurrency market on mass, it kind of, you know, mirrors what we see with NASDAQ and the NASDAQ itself kind of is where a lot of the tech stocks reside, which are kind mm-hmm. of more riskier, high growth assets. Um, shocker, that's what a lot of investors and institutional investors view crypto as. Um, right. So really, uh, really interesting there. Um, I think we're seeing the the kind of the adoption of, of Bitcoin kind of persevere through, you know, the market. I mean, you know, the beginning of the week, it's been hovering around 36K, Today it broke through to forty-one thousand. Mm-hmm. I obviously made my swing trade between thirty-six and thirty-eight, so you know I, I, nice. I, I lost out on on lots of gains there because I've also been busy this week and haven't 
haven't paid attention enough as I should have. But um, well, at least it was a win winning trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Could we'll, be take honest, right? we'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, <laughs> definitely we'll take it. But um, you know, I uh, fresh off the presses, um, our good friend Rafael Cruz. Are you familiar with him? Um, not really. Who is that? They call him. They call him Ted around uh, these parts. Okay. Uh, Ted Cruz, the esteemed senator, uh, leaving his constituents in the middle of an ice storm, uh, you know, <laughs> Texas, uh, came back in time to buy some Bitcoin. He just disclosed that he bought Bitcoin. So I ask you, is the top in now? <laughs> sell and liquidate everything. Is, is Ted Ted Cruz buying Bitcoin the top signal? Yeah. Um, I I don't know. It's 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 it could be. It, it could be. Um, I think we're. I think every time there's like celebrities or politicians getting involved in the crypto market i get a little bit nervous um partially because you know we all remember um i, I think most of us most of us remind remember um katie perry um painting his nails during the 2017 bull run that marked uh, the absolute top of the the last bull market um and yeah i mean i think if anything you know whenever you see celebrities shilling um new projects or crypto profit projects or nfts uh, I get slightly nervous, and you know, since we're talking about Ted Cruz, uh, I'm not going to disclose my personal feelings toward him. But um, yeah, I think overall, it, it could be, it could be, it could be a good thing that you know, um, you know, politicians are paying attention to this market. Uh, yep. They are getting involved. They're disclosing as they should. Um, but at the same time, it could be mean. You know, it could mean that some sort of you know, top local top. You know. Um, yeah, so I think it could go either way. Yeah, um, you know, in, in all seriousness, I think there was some kind of positive news regarding um, some of the legislation this week um, around crypto and how I think, um, you know, they've they basically have confirmed that they are not going to allow um, kind of this book burning or or like, you know, Patriot Act you know, round two for any right. crypto cryptocurrency related uh, companies or investments. Um, so a little bit more, a little bit less scrutiny than I think some folks were expecting, um, which is relatively bullish. Um, right. I, I can tell you in my personal life without, ex, you know, disclosing too much, I know for a fact that there are institutional banks now that are providing marketplace um, integrations to buy crypto for some of their high net worth, um, mm -hmm. you know, investors and, and clients, right? So right, right. Um, there are strategic partnerships that are being done with Coinbase and some of the other very large crypto exchanges where they will provide like a derivative fund that's purchased by the institution um, that will allow their customers to go through and buy crypto directly from their bank. Mm. So... I don't think we should be surprised that um, Ted Cruz is buying Bitcoin. I mean, Michael Saylor buys Bitcoin in his sleep, right? So um, <laughs> yeah, it's a matter of time. I, I think I think you you hit something really important there, right? Just two days ago, uh, Fidelity, uh, which is the, one of the nation's largest uh, asset management company, they they came out and say and said that uh, basically Bitcoin should be. Let me get the exact quote here. Bitcoin is a superior form of money. That's what Fidelity, you know, which owns I think trillions of of, of um, asset under their management, um, they're basically giving 
Bitcoin, the, the proof of stamp, uh, stamp of approval um, to, you know, they're probably already in crypto. I'm 100% sure. Um, it's just a matter of time before they, they release their own uh, financial derivatives pro- products based on Bitcoin and crypto. Yeah. And, and, you know, a little personal aside, um, the institutions are doing it, but also I am helping my 40 year old friends who don't even know how to use mobile banking apps to set up um, their Coinbase accounts. I actually spent two hours doing that today. So uh, (laughs) there's a lot of folks that are interested in getting, uh, you know, into, into this space now, which is really exciting. That's awesome. Way to, um, you know, promote and, and spread word about a, what we call a bankless world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to pay it forward. I'd like to see all, us all get wrecked at the same time. You know? <laughs> Why not? Just, you know, misery loves company. Um, yeah. Kind of just uh state of the market. I know that you kind of haven't been uh, paying too much attention today, but um, it's no surprise that um, we've seen with Bitcoin pumping above 41K um, to actually um, seeing, you know, some of the alts pump as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've, you've seen that, but um, there's there's direct correlation to Bitcoin increasing and some of the alts pumping as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, you have over 10% raise, um, rises in value in, you know, our some of our favorites, Avalanche, um, you're seeing things like um, Polkadot increase. You're seeing things like Solana increase, which is very, very interesting due to some of the news this week. Have you heard what's going on with Solana? There was a big hack, right? There's the big hack of the Solana wormhole um, bridge, uh, which happened earlier this week. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of alluded to it in my intro. You know, poor Don- John Dillinger thought he was the man back in the day. And then you have $320 million worth of crypto getting stolen from this wormhole. So before we talk about that, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about like high level, um, you know, macroeconomics and the state of the market. And we, we try and like explain that for folks quite regularly. And, you know, I'm more of a techie guy, right? So when we talk about wormhole, uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, thinking about Star Trek and, you know, what's going on with like, um, you know, black holes and like really sci-fi stuff. Like, what do we mean by wormhole? It's a, it's a bridge, but what is it a bridge to? Terabithia? <laughs> yeah, that could be. Um, so wormhole, uh, my understanding is that it creates this this bridge between the Solana blockchain and the Ethereum blockchain. So as we know, um, Ethereum is basically the layer one chain. Um, the, mo- the most popular um, chain blockchain uh, in the world right now next to Bitcoin. Um, Solana as a alternative layer one um, is kind of a- another blockchain that runs in parallel with Ethereum blockchain. Um, however, uh, in order to facilitate the, the assets to move around uh, across different chains, um, the Solana-, Solana Labs team developed this wormhole bridge um, to literally bridge the assets uh, between the Solana and the Ethereum networks. So what that allows not only is the exchange of assets across the blockchains, but also uh, it gives user the, the exposure to, to different assets, um, it's kind of like a mirrored assets on an alternative chain. For example, if you have uh, one 
uh, Ethereum on the on the Ethereum network, uh, you can you can when you bridge that over, you would have a, a one mirrored Ethereum um, on the Solana blockchain. So you have this one on one one to one pegging uh, between the two assets across the networks. So that's kind of the basics mm. of the chain. And um, I think what happened just to getting get into what exactly happened earlier this week. Um, when people were um, using the chain, people noticed there was a hack that happened, I think, 4 p.m. Uh, two days ago. Um, and basically, me not being the most you know tech-savvy people, my understanding of the situation is that there was a loophole with the way the signature was being uh, verified. And um, it, it tricked the validators of the Solana blockchain to falsely believe that this transaction was valid. Uh, basically, the hackers uh, spoofed the, the signature verification um, so that they, they successfully um, tricked the validators into approving a, a false transaction. And initially, they only tried with it with like two Ethereum, a very small amount of money. But once they succeeded, they quickly um, tried it again with a much larger amount to the, to the tune of $300 million worth of ETH and then they successfully tricked the validators. And that's how they hacked the, the, the Solana network. So you know who's looking real smart right now? Who? Vitalik Buterin. <laughs> Are you familiar? Have you heard this guy's name? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's think of like the, this god in the Ethereum world. But yeah, he's, he's definitely Yeah, so if, like, for any of the listeners who don't know who Vitalik is, right? If you're like new to crypto and you have no idea who Vitalik is, he's... One of the co-founders and one of the spearheads of you know the ethereum project himself and he recently wrote this white paper and i'm not going to go into the details about it because it's incredibly boring but what's interesting about it is that he says and i'm you know i'm roughly quoting him he said that the future of cryptocurrency is going to be multi-chain mm-hmm. right but it's not going to be like uh like an interoperable chain right it's not it's there is not going to be uh bridges to chains but there will be you know successful implementations across multiple layer ones right your solanas your avalanches mm-hmm. your um terra lunas things like that right so i think what his point was and what he got to in his white paper and in his talk was that the security the surface layer that's that's basically introduced when we think about these different types of bridges, right, bringing mm-hmm. bridging assets from one point to, to the other is a big security issue. It provides all of these ends for hackers to come in and to do things like this um, because the intention of, um, you know, these types of technologies is to provide an additional layer of transparency um, across these multiple chains which invites a lot of malicious activity. So, you know, I hate to give the guy credit because he is, I mean, I, I don't mind, I don't, I don't mind Vitalik. I actually think sure. he's like pretty brilliant, but you know, he's, he's a little, he's a little dorky guy. He's a little kind of dorky. <laughs> it, it, it pains me a little Have bit. Have you seen him dance before? Uh, I haven't. And I'll, we'll you probably, you probably shouldn't check. I YouTube. shouldn't. Yeah. 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 
um, <laughs> I was listening to his interview on Up Only, and they asked him what he likes to do for fun, and he's like, I like to read books for fun. I was like, oh, Christ, man. <laughs> why, why hey, I mean, all jokes aside, Vitalik is, is a super brilliant guy. He Absolutely. has his yeah. vision uh, about Ethereum. Um, you know, He laid out his vision of Ethereum, uh, I think, you know, back in 2012 and 13. Um, during one of those uh, Miami Bitcoin conferences, and he he laid out his foundation for for Ethereum since then, and then implemented on it. So you know, all credit to him. Yeah, and he's absolutely right. Right, the, the, my opinion for the future for crypto is also a multi-chain world uh, where you know Ethereum may be the main chain. It could be a secondary chain. I don't know, but yep. uh, there will be multiple blockchains competing with each each other, and then you know sharing the burden. Uh, of of assets of value that being just being transferred across the chains, and in order for that to happen, we need to have a very safely safe and secure uh, bridge, and that's why these bridge bridges are so hard to achieve because when you're talking about the the transfer of assets in the tune of millions or trillions or billions of dollars, it becomes very hard to 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 move things around, right? Like think about your your traditional banking where you're moving like ten dollars, a hundred dollars, no big deal, because that's a centralized entity. Uh, you know, it can literally just turn off and on uh, to make things happen. But when you have a supposedly a decentralized network, um, you know, ideally like Ethereum, which is like slightly more decentralized than Solana, uh, and things can become a little bit more trickier, right? And yep. for Solana, the issue is that it's it's a it's a kind of a, a validator or proof of stake network, which is not very centralized. Um, you know, there could be many issues, right? If you like, there's one bad actor in one of the validators or several validators got compromised by um, by the government, for example, you know, that what if things get confiscated, confiscated by FBI, uh, the server went down, you know, because everything is so centralized, uh, it could potentially, um, you know, rock the entire network um pretty bad so yeah i mean the bridge the bridge bridge is always a technical issue like that people are trying to solve um i think wormhole is not the only one that got hacked lately uh any swap was the other one that also got hacked uh, a few weeks ago so yeah i mean i, I do as, as bullish as i am about in the overall picture of the DeFi network I'm not in the short term. I'm slightly bearish on the outlook for for the bridges. Yeah, and I mean, poor Solana, man. I mean, their network's down every other week. I, I like. <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard. <laughs> I don't think I've heard of a blockchain having such negative press right. and rebounding as heavily as they have every single time, which only probably goes to speak about the strength of the ecosystem that they have. The uh, the pegging that they have with their NFT kind of marketplace, right, and uh, and and the value mm. that it provides there, and just generally speaking, the technology behind the ecosystem, it's 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 got to be strong. Yeah, if they can survive all of these outages, hacks, and come back, um, you know, it, with a vengeance. So. It's a, it's a Sam coin, right? I, I think Sam Bankman Fried. Um, He's the the owner of or creator of FTX Exchange. Um, I think he's one of the the core um, staunchest supporters behind Solana. And um, I remember there was a tweet earlier this year when 
when people were fighting uh, Solana. This was like in January 2020. Um, Solana was like at two dollars or something. I think it went to like ten dollars and then went down to like three dollars. Uh, and Sam tweeted to everybody, to all the haters, he was like, "Everybody, if you want, if you don't want your Solana coins." I will buy every single fucking Solana at three dollars and just you know fuck off. Don't don't talk to me anymore. And he did. He he backed his words. He bought all the Solanas he had with the money he had and basically pumped Solana to like hundred or even two hundred dollars. Um, so I'm not surprised that you know this dip on Solana get bought that quickly because it's mm-hmm. a very heavily heavy uh, VC coin. A lot of VCs mm-hmm. have very have very heavy backs in Solana. And you have SPF, you know, basically championing for for Solana as well. So I'm not surprised that it rebounded so quickly. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had some other news, positive news that probably no one's heard about where they launched a peer-to-peer payment protocol for merchants and consumers. Um, mm-hmm. So Solana introduced something called Solana Pay. Um, but you're not going to hear about that. You're going to hear about, um, you know, their network going down. True. And you're going to hear about yep. the hacks because people that love ethereum and other layer ones are insane uh and that's my story and i'm sticking to it as a as a person who has no horse in any race i just want to make money the cult is crazy with some of this some of this news yeah i can't i can't comprehend it Um, yeah the the maximalists in the space are absolutely insane I, I, i agree with you that with that on that and um yeah i mean there are some solana maxis out there that are pretty insane as well but your point is well taken yeah yeah so um anything else to talk about with the with the hack i think the only thing that we didn't mention is that jump came in and kind of Mm. made um a lot of people that you know had their pants taken down um in you know from that were leveraging the wormhole hole again Mm -hmm. so one hundred and thirty thousand or something like that uh ethereum were taken and that uh, money was provided back, I guess by Jump. You, are you familiar with Jump? Are they like some kind of VC firm? Or? Yeah, I not really to be honest. Uh, but I, I do know that they are kind of a, a up and coming uh, crypto fund. Um, you know, the only thing I know about them is they obviously have some you know heavy pockets or deep pockets. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they just front fronted three hundred million dollars in like two days to right. to make Solana users whole just tells you how much money they have, uh, which is not really surprising in, in the crypto market, um, you know, given they probably made like billions of dollars last year. So this is kind of a, you know, a, a small deal for them. And yeah, well, the show goes on. The show goes on, the show goes on and on to the next topic. Um, just kind of breezing through here. Have you heard of this thing called Wonderland Time? Have you ever Wonderland heard of Time? Things? Yeah, that's a Danielle thing, right? That's been that's the making Danielle around. thing. Have you heard about what's going on with Wonderland Time? Because I'd love to talk about it. Sure. Yeah, I, I a little bit. I know there's a bit of a drama going on. Uh, there was like an infight. Actually, there was some infight between Wonderland and Avalanche a few months ago, and Danielle basically rocked um, Avalanche by selling all the. All the, all the avalanche in the treasury for wonderland mm-hmm. and you know he got really pissed uh, i mean the avalanche people got really pissed uh, and danielle was like oh this is my treasury so i can do whatever i want um but yeah i think there was something else that happened this week you might need to fill me in oh there was something else so 
let's get into this. Um, the treasurer head um, of Wonderland Time was a guy who goes by the name of Sifu, right? Um. Um, so if you're familiar with Sifu, um, that was a pseudonym because he didn't want people to know what his actual name was. And when it actually came out and he was doxxed, right, uh, right. Sifu turned into a guy by the name of Michael Patron. Now, I will be the first to admit that I don't know who the hell that was. Mm-hmm. I, didn't under- I didn't understand what the significance of that was. I saw it being tweeted about left and right. And I'm <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? Who is this guy, Michael Patron? Yeah. So then the story comes out about Quadriga. Yes. Have you heard about Quadriga? Okay, yeah. Now, now it makes all sense uh, to oh, okay. me because yeah, he's the he was the guy who created Quadriga, right? He was the guy who created Quadriga. So, are you familiar with Quadriga? Or should I give the listeners kind of a rundown? Let, of- let's let's give listen. I, I've listened to the podcast, so uh, but yeah, let's let's give listener overview of the whole Quadriga saga. Okay, so Quadriga was like this Canadian type of exchange that's out there, and this is like my very high level understanding of it but um he became affiliated um he patron formally went by a different name which was Mm -hmm. omar dahanani or don i'm sorry danani shit you not i'm pronouncing that name incorrectly for any of our middle eastern listeners i'm not trying to make fun of it it's a funny (laughs) sounding name um but he changed his name legally multiple times. He mm-hmm. spent over 18 months in the U.S. federal prison and was depor- deported back to Canada after pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit credit card and bank fraud back in 2005. Yep. Burglary, grand larceny, computer fraud two years later, right? Mm-hmm. And Quadriga was basically this... Um, this kind of, um, you know, Canadian exchange, um, where it collapsed. Right. right. And a lot of people, uh, kind of had thoughts that the, a lot of the treasury, there was massive fraud that was undergoing the underpinning of the treasury of that exchange. And essentially it well, there was a rug that had mm-hmm. occurred, like money yep. went missing. Um, yep. then the co-founder at the time, this guy by the name of Gerald Cotton, um, also kind of, uh, kind of mysteriously died back in 2018 after he revealed, you know, that there was massive fraud that was actually the cause of Quadriga going under. Right. right? Although that, that death itself is controversial because some people think he faked his own death because, uh, he basically went to India and, um, under the quote unquote disguise of adopting child for his wife, uh, for him and his wife. And then just like a few days after he arrived in India, he quote unquote died in the hospital mm. with very little, you know, symptoms. You know, it was yep. it was like very mysterious and controversial and maybe even a little sketchy death. But that's a totally separate story. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, we're, we're butchering kind of the series of events. If, if anyone's really interested, they, there's a podcast episode mm-hmm. on this. on um, Exit Rats scam, Club. right? Yeah. Exit scam. Mm-hmm. Um about this whole Quadriga thing. But basically it came out that this guy, Sifu, a.k.a. Michael Patron, a.k.a. Omar Danani, um, was the treasurer behind Wonderland Time. So everyone lost their guy. crazy. Minds, right? It's crazy, yeah. So they're saying, you know, what What are we going to do? And, you know, Danielle basically came out and said, well, 
you know, not only, and this was way before Wonderland was, you know, had basically dropped down, you know, it was like 8,000. Mm-hmm. I think it dropped down to like 3,000. Right? Yeah, it got wrecked. It got mm-hmm. wrecked. Just like all of these Ponzi and Ponzi-nomics types of forks of, of Olympus Dow tend to get mm-hmm. when the market tanks. And mm-hmm. um, they basically had almost like a Dow vote, right, of what should they do? Should they keep the project going or should they just basically give everyone their money back Mm -hmm. and over 50 percent of the people basically came out and said hey give me my goddamn money back you Mm -hmm. guys you guys lied about a a ton of stuff and then you had um about 44 percent at least at the time when i was checking of people that said they wanted to continue the project and the vote was so close. Danielle said, basically, it doesn't matter what anyone votes because we're just we're just going to dissolve what we have going on with with Wonderland time. But oh, by the way, I'm going to start another project. So if you'd like to just roll your money over for Wonderland, mm. uh, you can get into my new project. Yeah, like the Ponzi keeps going on. Right? What in the <laughs> make it make sense to me, please? Just like make it make sense to me, yeah. like. Uh, I don't understand where these guys get off um, just kind of having this. Is it like an ego thing? Is it like a God complex? Like how dumb do people have to be? And I guess the answer is pretty dumb to continuously give their money to such uh, non scrupulous uh, types of actors. Uh, I'm rambling now, but yeah, no, I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think I think it's there's there is some sort of nuance there. I, I'd like to add in there. I, I agree with you 100%. Like the fact that Sifu is 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 you know Michael Patron should should have been something that raised a red flag right away. Um, and the fact that Daniel knew about that and did not disclose to the investors was not okay, right? And I, I think it was like Zach now Zach XPT who was another uh, big. Um, Twitter guy um, in crypto who disclosed this and then he kind of, you know, just released to the public and then went to Danielle to confront him. And Danielle was like, yeah, I knew about this. So he should he should not have have uh, either misled us or even worse, lied to us about it. So that's not OK. Um, however, I do think there are some level of, um, I should say, um, some slack I would give to him specifically on the on the Wonderland project or any any type of Danielle project, mm-hmm. uh, partially because there were some people who um, you know benefited from it um, you know early early in the days, and um, you might think that that's Ponzinomics, sure, but at the same time you know there are I think they're called themselves Frog Nations. Uh, these are the people who who hide behind these avatars. Uh, who are posting frogs and then you know basically we're we're, we're championing for wonderland or time uh, on twitter uh, which is why you know dania has this like weird cult fall following uh, on twitter and um all in all you know i think it's 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 a bit of um it's it's a it's a terrible situation to be in but at the same time i do understand why some people you said it was like more close to 50 percent people who still want to keep going or even you know, put their money, roll their money into a new project, and then Danielle because he was shipping, right? He was delivering yeah. to them early on, so they have faith in him, um, and they would like to think of this as a kind of a 
uh, a blip on the on the radar screen and allow him to continue delivering for them. And all I have to say to that is, holy God, man, <laughs> holy God, like this is a this is such a black stain on what's been going on with DeFi. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, all the hacks, all the rugs, and then. You know, I'll read this tweet word for word from Danielle, who is, again, the, you know, the, the founder of Wonderland Time. And he says, mm-hmm. today's allegation about our team member Sifu will circulate. I want everyone to know that I was aware of this and decided that the past of an individual doesn't determine their future. I choose to value the time we spent together without knowing his past more than anything. Listen, go have a goddamn picnic with the guy. <laughs> Don't put him in charge of millions of dollars after 170 million went missing from an exchange that he created after yeah. he changed his name in Canada. Uh, no, no, thanks. Uh, no, thanks, my friend. Um, but uh, yeah, I can see why there's a cult following for people like this, because people are really, really dense. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. I'm getting. Triggered. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hundred percent. I feel you, and it's. Imagine like if you if you you know I I know some Canadian friends who were uh, Quadriga users back in the days, and they got rugged. You know, they never got their money back. Um, right. I think they they tried to pay them off with some some of the money left from his wife, uh, but his wife was did not have too much money. Right, all of the money was locked somewhere um in a in a in a, probably in the in a hard card wallet uh, under jared cotton so people really don't know where those money went so imagine if you got rugged by quadriga x but never got your money back and then you 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 invested in uh danielle project and then you got rugged or you got <laughs> nuked so you got double rugged right like how imagine those investors <laughs> how how terrible situation during right now yeah, well, you know, this is kind of what you get when you chase the dragon, folks. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, should we move on? A couple other little pieces of news that I want to touch upon um, here. Um, it is tax season, everyone. So um, Coinbase does let its users convert um, their tax refunds into cryptocurrency um, via a partnership that they have with TurboTax. Um, so if you have some money out there, uh, that you think you're getting back to you from uncle Sam and you want to roll it right back into, uh, a highly volatile asset like crypto, uh, you'll be able to do that this year. Um, mm. so the casino keeps going. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that's great. I think that's great. I'm personally a, a user of the TurboTax platform and yep. I've been reporting my tax, um, you know, following all the. The legal procedures of the RIS, because uh, I do not want to piss those guys off um, <laughs> for the past yeah. three years. So yeah, yeah, so I mean, I think this is a great thing. You know, it's, it helps you know with the adoption of crypto. It makes things easier for those of us who do not want to spend hours and hours calculating our um, realized gains or losses. Um, you know, I think that's that's a great thing for for the, for the crypto culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in other news, um, Bored Apes uh, creators Yuga Labs are in mm-hmm. funding talks with Andreessen Horowitz. Um, so, so one of the biggest VCs out there um, mm-hmm. to, to get a, a round of funding. The funding uh, round would value Yuga Labs at as much as $5 billion, um, creating it as a unicorn. More cope for me. Um, the, you know, as, as recent as the beginning of January, obviously, you know, M&M came out and bought 
one of the the board apes for yep. I think close to five hundred grand. Um, you have more of these types of celebrities that are coming and aping uh, into the project, and they're now they're worth five million. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think my my here's my um, doomsday scenario. Um, so uh, you know, Super Bowl is coming up here in the U.S. in like a week, right? Mm-hmm. So we know for a fact that Snoop Dogg is going to be performing during the Super Bowl halftime show. So what if Snoop Dogg rolls into Super Bowl halftime and then showcases his board ape in the sandbox? And basically announces to the entire world that he owns board apes. That's gonna be the absolute peak of top of the, the NFT top. market. That's, that's the, top. the top. That's that's the top. When Snoop when Snoop Lion comes in uh, <laughs> on his DJ hoverboard and is wearing a uh, uh, it's a hologram of him actually. You know, I retract mm. that. It's a hologram of him on a hoverboard. He comes in and his board ape is just dancing next to him doing like you know some kind of crazy robot dance. oh god imagine that i wouldn't be surprised it could happen like he 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 owns a shit ton of nfts yep he's he's doing like his own like sandbox thing you know he owns like his own i think it was like infrastructure or buildings in sandbox and he's separately doing some other i, I can't keep track anymore like some other and snoop dot projects and yeah what if what if he will touch on nfts in super bowl which is the largest the single largest sports event in the u.s maybe even the world you know that's gonna be the absolute top it's gotta be yeah 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 um yeah so we'll uh we'll keep an eye we'll check back in with the with the listeners after the super bowl to see if you're uh <laughs> and i think i think what the actual top is going to be is if the bookies have that as a prop bet oh, like if, if snoop Dogg yes. comes out with and, and talks about his nft you know you get odds on that that's the top Oh yeah. Right. Once, once actual betters start betting on the NFT betters about whether they're going to come out, <laughs> we're just creating derivatives of, of yes. the NFTs. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think right. that, my friend, will be the top, but we'll see. Um, okay. Last thing um, that I like to talk about: our good friend, um, good friend of the pod, a uh, good personal friend of mine, Michael Saylor, again mm, bought six hundred and sixty Bitcoin uh, for a whopping total of twenty-five million. Um, during the recent, uh, you know, recent uh, dip here, and mm-hmm. MicroStrategy is up four percent um, uh, pre-market trading this week. So, yeah, that's uh, not news anymore because he buys Bitcoin like every single week, so it doesn't move the market much anymore. God, I love this guy. Uh, he was recently on Up Only uh, TV, mm-hmm. right? The yep. you know, kind of the pinnacle uh, crypto podcast with Kobe and Ledger and. Uh, you know, he's just like, Hmm, I wonder who this guy Kobe is. I guess I'll go talk to him. Uh, I finally, I saw a guy, uh, trying to shill me on, on Twitter for once, uh, with some avatar and it looked like he had a blue check mark. So I guess I'll come on your show and talk about it. And, uh, he, uh, he's, um, he's definitely a Bitcoin maxi, but he's, uh, you know, he, he showed some additional layers. Yeah. I think he was a little bit more humble than I anticipated him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's such a he's such a chad as the, the internet yeah. lingo goes these days. You know, he he just doesn't give a fuck at all. Yeah, like he literally like he he will be the guy. So I think the real capul- capitulation for me will be when you know Michael Saylor starts to sell. You know, I don't right. think he'll ever sell. Like he just keeps buying. His average um, cost basis is like thirty k right now. 
So yeah. people will be try to front run him uh, before 30k whenever there's a dip. Um, so that's why you, you, I don't think we'll see like Bitcoin in the 30k much anymore because every time that comes close to happening, people front you know front load that and then they try to to buy the dip before Michael Saylor. Um, yep. Yeah, he just you know he just does his thing. He doesn't care for any other shit coins, including uh, even Ethereum. He doesn't believe in Ethereum. So yeah, I mean this guy just keeps buying Bitcoin. What can I say? Yeah, Michael Michael Saylor is my crypto daddy. Um, <laughs> so that's that's uh, and I, I don't I don't love Bitcoin as much as him, but goddamn man, he he does it yeah. with style. He doubles oh. down. You gotta love the conviction there. Hell yeah! Oh um, yeah! Respect, so, respect to so, you know, talking about like really baller things, I wanted to talk about a new baller segment Ooh, that I had this segment. week. Okay. Um, but I haven't told you about it because that's how we do things around here. Right? Yeah, it's we just like, improvise. And we're just kind of on the fly kind of guys. If if the listeners couldn't tell, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So what we're going to introduce this week is actually a new segment called Would You Rather? Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to ask you a series of would you rather questions, um, all, all right. related to, to crypto. And we're going to have some fun with this, hopefully. So, All right, let's do it. Okay. So the first would you rather. Would you rather invest in Polkadot or Solana for the next six months? Oh. Yeah, that's a tricky yeah. one. Mm. If you asked me that question last week, I would probably would have said Solana. But given you know what we just covered, you know the hat with the hack with all the drama around it, I'm leaning towards Polkadot. Yeah, um, you know, just purely from an investment perspective, obviously it's a lot easier to attain. Market caps lower, mm. and they are doing all that crazy interesting stuff with the parachains right the polka dot parachains yep. and all those projects that are going on there's there. some so, sister chain going on with um kusama and there's an auction you know there's like a lock period for for the coins you you lock up on on polka dot and you get some reward in return so they're, they're doing all kind of things to to keep the, the users engaged uh, yep. and then make themselves compatible with some other layer one alternative chains um, yeah, you're right. I think that they they seem to be have a little bit more, um, I would say, momentum, you know, in this race, in this law, uh, alternative layer one race compared to Solana. That's right. And check in with us next week, folks, when we obviously change our mind on that. that <laughs> when there's a polka dot hack that happens <laughs> next week, of course. Oh, God. Okay, next one. Um, buy a bored ape or a crypto punk purely from an investment perspective. That should be an easy one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bored Ape. Okay, and why? Because the Bored Ape is something that's continuously evolving and there's continuously um, developments and utility that's being added to the Bored Ape. Whereas CryptoPunk is CryptoPunk. You know, it's never going to change. They're not going to, you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, there won't be as many derivatives off of the the, the crypto punks mm -hmm. and i do believe that um we know broad ape um floor price just flipped crypto punk uh i think fairly recently yep and i think 
that's basically the inflection point in, in, in their position, right? I think Board Ape is going to be, it's going to become the, the the true, you know, flagship NFT project and overtaking CryptoPunk uh, in the very near future. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And obviously if, if listeners don't know, um, Board Ape is out there and I think they're going to start providing bananas to their users or banana coin or something like they're, that yeah they're 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 gonna re- start releasing the coins um i think yep. some point in, you know q1 2022 and um yeah that might be the reason why they're they're pumping because people are expecting you know values to be accrued uh, as part of the the coin uh distribution process so they're just buying it up you know already pricing in um the values uh, people can get from the coin distribution from their reflections. Yeah. So guys, if you have a half a million dollars, go buy some bananas. Um, <laughs> next, would you rather mm. buy Shiba Inu or Dogecoin? Well, just a, a return to our favorite stock coins, You're right? You leave your body there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see it. I just made a move. Um, no. So I th- oh, it's a, that's actually a bit of a tough one. I <laughs> probably would go with you know what um i have to go with doge on this one but just oh, because no. my yeah i i think i'm going with my head because i think um elon musk you know he's he's based the he's gonna still try to do something to pump doge so yeah i i, I have some faith in him so relying on Elon to basically push your investment through, which is not a terrible move. I think Shiba mm-hmm. Army is, is pissed at you, but that's okay um, because they don't listen to podcasts. So it's all no. good. I don't think <laughs> they'll ever know. Um, okay. And I just imagine there's like one Shiba Inu fan of our listener right now who's really pissed. He's pissed. Yeah. How dare you say I'm not listening to your podcast. Well, I've never very, listened to your podcast. We're very sorry. To be fair, that direct all the hate mail to, to you to <laughs> Twitter handle in the show notes. So you guys, yes. I didn't say it. Um, okay. So last one, um, mm-hmm. because we can't have too much fun. Um, let's talk about this last would you rather. Mm-hmm. It's a provocative one. Okay. Mm. I like that. Okay. Dinner with BitBoy Crypto or Bill Cosby. Oh my goodness. Oh God. How how can you do this to me, Fody? Um <laughs> I had so much fun writing these. I had so, I had so much fun writing these, yeah. I'm I'm doing <coughs> excuse me. I'm having way too much fun. Um all right, so I might have to bite the bullet and go with BitBoy now. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, no explain that. So yeah, there, right. There, I, I think I think as 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 unscrupulous as both men are, I would rather go with a YouTube shiller than a rapist. So I think that there there's a degree of separation between those two. Uh, yeah, and I'm happy. yeah. So if I sub in R. Kelly as well, you'd still go with BitBoy. <laughs> yes, I still go with BitBoy. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard it here first. BitBoy Crypto is Yudu's next best friend, and this was the Would You Rather. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it too, Yudu. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, actually, can I ask you you one question just to oh, um, yeah yeah make this sure. more balanced? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, would you rather? 
I know you mentioned that last week you you went liquid. I assume I take that as meaning now you basically uh, you're in cash now. Is that right? Is that yes. Fair assumption? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so for the remainder of 2022, mm -hmm. uh, would you rather stay in cash or would you um, jump back into crypto at some point? Ooh, um, well, I I think it's kind of easy. I'd rather go back into crypto. Um, mm. And the reason being is that the dollar is so deflationary. Um, well, I inflationary. Inflationary. Um, that it's, you know, it's worth 70 cents when I hold it in my bank. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if it's, um, a riskier asset to invest in crypto, um, you know, the, the potential gains I think are worth more than money hanging out, gaining 0.2% in my bank account. So I think, I think I'd rather go into, um, back into crypto and I think, if I had to choose between um, Bitcoin or Ethereum to put all that money, I think mm -hmm. I would put it into Bitcoin. All right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think um, my work here is done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, um, that was that was fun. It was nice to connect again. I think you know just your general view on the market. Like as we wrap up here, are we? Have we made it out of the Ichimoku cloud or are we still kind of in, in dangerous territory in general? Yeah, let's let's check out the cloud uh, real quick. I haven't checked it this week, but um, mm -hmm. usually I would start with a, a daily cloud. Um, and it looks like we are based on the latest auto view this. So we, we fell below the cloud. Um, last week and we're kind of on the on the on the lower end of that um of that slow moving average um, basically we just touched on the on the fast moving average today so we might expect to see a, like a bit of a bounce uh, from there um it, it's kind of bullish but you know i would like to see some some sort of stronger signal uh, yeah. maybe uh like a tk cross even below the cloud um that would be nice yeah. Um, usually when you see a TK cross, you know, that's signaling the reversal of trend. Um, so we'll be, hopefully we'll be able to, to reverse that downward trend. And if we, if we can go above, you know, into the cloud that was set up for our edge to edge move, uh, which means we would expect some sort of, um, you know, rebounds back to above 50 K. Um, yeah. and then from there, you know, it's game back on. So I think we are. We're still we're not dead for sure, um, yeah. but you know we're, we're we're today was a good day, so hopefully we keep the momentum going and then we can um, go back to the other side of the rainbow. As Easy E said, today was a good day. I think it was Easy E. God damn, I haven't listened to rap in a while. Um, but anyway, um, this was fun. Um, you know, keep your uh, keep your eyes peeled to the market. I think the interesting line is about forty two k, which is the support for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we can break above that and sustain, um, uh, sustain that for at least a couple days, it might be interesting, uh, to see where it goes. We're right around 41,400 right now. So it's getting, we're getting close. Let's see what this weekend brings. Um, and yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say in closing? No, that, I think, I think that's, that's about it. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Stay safe out there, Space Cowboys. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to Tony.